Hey everybody, welcome to the BSN Rams podcast presented by Canyon Bakehouse. Before we jump into the show, I want to tell you about the delicious, certified, gluten-free breads, bagels, English muffins, and other baked goods that are made right here in Johnstown, Colorado. Canyon Bakehouse's gluten, dairy, nut, and soy-free products make it easy for families to enjoy the taste and texture of fresh bread so everyone can love bread again. Find them at any major grocery store in the freezer or fresh bread aisle, or purchase them online and visit canyonglutenfree.com to grab a coupon. Off a high screen, Dorian kicked to the corner, Feirano for three. It's good with the foul! And back to throw is the quarterback, and Hayward is sacked by Joey Porter. Page takes it in, scores. J.D. Page. Boy, Stevens lets it go, and there's your touchdown. Michael Gallup. Got it down low, Hornung, dunk! Here come the students. Leading by 10. Here's Van Pelt. He's at the five. Touchdown, Colorado State. What's up, guys? It's Tuesday, August 20th. I am your host, Justin Michael. As always, we are back with another edition of the BSN Rams podcast presented by Canyon Bakehouse. Joining me today is Eddie Herz of Inside the Rams. Inside the Rams is CSU's 247 sports publication. Eddie has worked with me for years now. We're good friends. He is CSU's go-to guy on the recruiting scene. You're definitely going to want to follow him if you're not at Eddie Hers, I believe. Eddie, any mm-hmm. underscores or anything? Underscore. Eddie underscore hers. Definitely follow him on Twitter. Check out InsideTheRams.com. Subscribe to him today for all your recruiting info. Uh, he's definitely a friend of the program, and he's going to hopefully be on with us pretty frequently this fall. Eddie, how you doing? Doing well, man. Happy to be here again. All right, Eddie. You know, we are closing in we're about 11 days from the beginning of the 2019 season time's really been flying by I guess Mm -hmm. that's what happens when you spend all of your waking moments at the football stadium (laughs) uh just how how good are you feeling about this football team at this point in time yeah it's a good question you know we were actually just talking about that earlier comparing this the feeling in camp last year, I would say I'm a little more confident. You know, there's a little more things solved. The run game looks good. You know, the receivers look good, especially adding Jeremiah Pruitt to that mix. The defense has improved, I think. I mean, I'm sure we'll get into this more later, but I think really it all is on the offensive line again. That's the biggest question mark for me right now, and we'll determine a lot about the Rams' fate this year. You know, you bring up two good points that I want to address there, and that's the Rams add Jeremiah Pruitt, and the offensive line is going to be crucial to CSU success. Now, I feel like the listeners are probably feeling like I have beat this like a dead horse, <laughs> but you know, the point the point is like if you cannot block, you can't win. If you can't protect the quarterback, you can't win. It doesn't matter how good your receivers are, it doesn't matter how good your running back is. This offensive line, I still feel like they're trying to lock down the rotation. Are you nervous about them at all or is this a group that you feel more confident about? 
you know, I, I would say I feel a little bit more confident, but you need more than a little bit more confidence compared to last year for them actually be, to be average. And I really think that's what they need to be is average. You know, if they're at least okay, the run game can work. You know, the wide receivers can flourish. They're going to at least put themselves in high-scoring games and maybe win shootouts. If the defense improves, maybe they'll win some blowouts. But I don't know. You know, Dave Johnson and a lot of the linemen have boasted about how guys can play all these different positions on the line. And I think, you know, it's interesting. It's a good thing, but I think it also causes them to not really know where everyone should be even this late in camp. And I think if you're really going to want to improve by now or at least by some point this week, you need to know where everyone's going to be so you can really build that chemistry before the season, you know. I like Barry Wesley. I think they're confident in Scott Brooks as a center. You hope Jeff Taylor avoids injuries. You hope some new guys like Nuili, excuse my pronunciation, uh, Azu and Sis, excuse my pronunciation again. You hope they can kind of do something because they do need depth on the line and they need everyone to stay healthy for at least to be average, like we said. Hey, that's a good point, and you're not going to hear any criticism about pronunciation from me. One, because I can't pronounce either of their names, and two, because I literally refer to the strength coach as Joey G, because I don't even want to try his Italian Garazio, Garazio, I, I believe it's something like yeah. that. I just don't want, I, I feel like I might be like, just like 10% wrong. Yeah, you don't want to offend Oh, yeah, you just, exactly. <laughs> like, we're, we're, we're all trying to spread the love here. Sorry, but if we mispronounce your name, it's, it's out of love, <laughs> and, uh, Sheer just ignorance. We're not that smart. We write about football for a living, so Mm -hmm. cut us a little bit of a break. (laughs) Uh, We're going to talk about Jeremiah Pruitt in a sec, but I want to ask you a little bit about the offensive line because, you know, we've talked a lot about the depth that seems to be a concern, but CSU has picked up a couple of verbal commits on the offensive Mm -hmm. line. Early signing period is until December, so a lot can change between now and then. But, uh, you know, what can you tell us about Brian Crespo and Weston Lee Wallace, CSU's two newest verbal commits. Mm -hmm. I think there's reason to be excited about both of them because they both do have size and you obviously want to develop size in the line. Particularly, I would say you should be more excited about Wallace because, you know, in addition to his size, he can move a little bit. He had a weird recruiting story. I mean, he only ended up earning one offer despite killing it at all these camps the whole summer. I mean, a lot of it has to do with going to a very small private high school. I think they're like 1A or 1AA, whatever they call it in Georgia. Um, He wins a state championship, though. I don't really know Why he didn't have more offers, I can't tell you more on that. I think part of it is he took a liking to CSU early, and that probably scared Furman and some of the other schools that were looking at him off. Because, you know, I talked to this kid months ago right after CSU offered him, and he was pretty set on eventually committing regardless if he got more offers. I'm sure if a Georgia offer came in, that would be different, but I think he was realistic about his situation. He's a good kid, though. I mean, he's mobile. They can develop him. He seems to really like Dave Johnson. A lot of it had to do with his southern ties to the coaching staff. He was scared about leaving home. And, you know, the connection to Bobo, who he actually met years ago, coincidentally ran into at a party that he was setting up. That kind of started a good relationship with him, you know, hit it off there from the staff. I think you should be excited about him. Crespo is a kid with tremendous size, but he really can't move. Not to say you can't develop him. I mean, you want to get size and then develop that, like we said before. Yeah, chose CSU over UNC, New Mexico State. Abilene Christian had some other looks. He could be decent, and, you know, you always like landing those local kids like we've talked about. They've struggled to do that, you know. He's a big lineman with a couple offers. Can't hurt adding him, but I would say he's going to need more work than Wallace is going to. Well, thank you for that insight. I think that's always the concern when you get a guy that's 6'7", 320, mm-hmm. especially when they don't have interest from the bigger schools because, you know, to be honest, if you're six four and above 300 plus pounds as an offensive lineman if you know if you can play 
chances are that a P5 is going to you know, try and scoop you up. Same goes with the defensive line. That's why recruiting defensive tackles is incredibly difficult at the mid-major level. They just get stockpiled by the bigger schools. But as far as Weston Lee Wallace goes, I am intrigued by him. Sometimes those guys coming out of smaller schools get overlooked. The Broncos have a guy right now, Dalton, Dalton Reisner. He is a local kid, went and played at Kansas State, but he's from Wiggins, Colorado, one of the smaller towns in the state. And he's just kind of proof of one of those guys that went out and got it because he just loves playing football. Maybe Weston Lee Wallace can be a Dalton Reisner type for CSU. We will definitely see. But, you know, as I said before, I kind of wanted to ask you a little bit about Jeremiah Pruitt. He joined the team last week, has now been practicing with the team for, I believe, five practices, wore a red jersey, so non-contact in the scrimmage. But he's a dude, when you just look at him out there, he just, he doesn't look like a freshman. He's so large. Mm. You know, what do you think Pruitt can be for this team this year and beyond? You're definitely right about his size. I mean, that definitely excites any fan when they see him, especially when he puts on some more muscle. He's going to be huge. You know, it's interesting to, to talk about what he's going to do this year because obviously he arrives to camp late. You know, he's not used to practicing in the altitude. He has to get adjusted to the college level. Even if he looks like he's older, you know, he's not. I think all this will kind of cause him to get off to a little slow start. You know, he's going to kind of need an extended camp, maybe through a week or two of the season. But... I think if he gets it, I mean, I think he definitely has a big career here. I don't know about this year. Maybe halfway through the season, he kind of puts himself on the scene because, you know, you have a lot of competition at that group. You know, Ty McCulloch has looked good. Dante Wright's looked good. If Nico Hall's healthy, he's going to play a role. There's a lot of receivers in the mix, and I think Pruitt will play a part. It's just a matter of how big of a part, you know, when all these guys had head starts compared to him. But that doesn't take away from probably a huge sophomore year and beyond, you know? Definitely tough when you're playing from behind – as you said, some of these younger guys have, have made an impression as well. Nico Hall coming back from injury. True freshman Dante Wright has burner speed. He's had a chance to run with the ones with uh, Brendan Fulton missing a lot of camp with an ankle injury. Uh, they're hoping to have him back by the season. We'll see. Always difficult to come back from those ankle injuries. They're just nagging and they can linger, You know, especially at a position like wide receiver where your entire livelihood is based around making cuts and yeah. being explosive. Right. But... Uh, we wish Brendan Fulton well. He is a, he's a good dude. He is always good to the media, has a great relationship with Colin Hill, has worked really hard to get to this point. Uh, I mean, I think everybody, if you're a football fan, a college football fan at least, I think everyone has a little bit of a soft spot for walk-ons. Um, mm. It's just different. You know, they got to they gotta bust their butt to get there. I almost said ass, but, uh, you know, my grandpa was listening to the podcast, and he said that I was saying too many crass words, so I'm trying to trying to clean it up for the you audience. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I still just said it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but, uh, you know, we're approaching the regular season. Next week is the Rocky Mountain Showdown. Eddie Herz is from Chicago. Um, as far as I know, since he's been in Fort Collins, CSU has not won a showdown. Were you here in 2014 when they won? No, my first year was the overtime loss with the missed field goals and everything. So it's pretty much gotten worse by the year since I've been here in 2015. <laughs> so you, you, as a CSU student, got to experience nothing but misery. Um, I mean, it's a pretty common experience as a Ram fan when it concerns uh, the Rocky Mountain showdown. I know that's not what everybody wants to hear, but... We're trying to be realist around here, and it's been a difficult half decade or so. Really, it's been a difficult, like, 15-year stretch. Um, the fact that CSU wasn't able to beat CU more times during the John Embry years and the mid-2000s when CU was literally a dumpster full of flaming dog shit. So 
that's that's what life was like as a CSU and a CU fan for about a decade. It was terrible football. It was awful. It wasn't fun to watch. But things seem to be looking up. Both schools are investing heavily in resources. We'll see if it pays out. How do you feel about this game going in? Do you feel like it's going to be competitive, or are you feeling more like a blowout? It's interesting because I've been overly optimistic in the past. Even as a reporter, if you go to CSU, and like you said, you haven't seen CSU win, you know, you're going to kind of look at it with the glass half full because you want them to finally win a game. But comparing this year to last year, I actually had thought they had no chance last year, and I don't think any of us did. It's it's a little different this year, and you got to like the storyline going into it as a CSU fan for your chances to catch the Buffs off guard. You know what? They lose seven straight games to lose last year. They lose some pieces in that. Still have some good returners, but I don't know. You struggled to end last season. Now you have a new head coach. CSU has been hungry to win it for a while. I think at the very least it'll be competitive, partially because I think Boulder is going to be very out of sorts. Even if CSU is too, I think both teams might be a little discombobulated, and I don't think CU is very good. The line should be close. I mean, I really think it can go either way. I mean, I could see a huge game on a Colin Hill goes down to that offensive line again. If that offensive line performs fine and they put points on the board, it's at least going to be a high-scoring close game, I would say. Yeah, I mean, like you said, it all comes down to the offensive line. Uh, CU just with the resources they have, the, the recruiting pool they're, they're pulling from, their defensive line, they're going to be bigger than CSU's offensive line, which is small even for the mid-majors. Um, so it's really going to be important on technique. We're going to need to see consistency out of whoever ends up being on that five, six, seven man rotation mm. for the offensive line. I think the biggest factor in this game may come down to whether CSU can, can force some turnovers and rattle Steven Montez uh, you know what you get out of LaVisca Chenault. Mm-hmm. He's a freak. I think we maybe need to pump the brakes with him a little bit. I mean, he's incredible. Don't get me wrong. He is undoubtedly a preseason top 20 pick in the NFL, maybe even higher than that. One of the better college athletes that I've ever seen play in person, but he is coming off an injury. He has a quarterback that's historically been pretty erratic, mm-hmm. and this is a game where emotion can kind of play a big hole. If you if you get a early pick six, if you get a strip sack early, if you hit the quarterback in the face on the first drive, like mm-hmm. that's the kind of stuff that can turn the tide. Sure. And I think you need CSU to come out and make some type of big play early, whether that's offense or defense, because so many times in the last five years, CU has come out, and by the end of the first quarter, that game is damn near over. Mm-hmm. What do you think about that? It's an interesting point. I like how you said an early play can shift the momentum because you know, outside of the Rocky Mountain showdown in general, CSU's big problem last year was they didn't come out with energy, and even when they kind of brought it, it would maybe be later when it was already over. So if you come out with energy, make a statement, it'll absolutely shift the swing of that game. It also could shift the swing of the season because you barely saw ever saw them come out and fire in all cylinders last season. What, their biggest win is against Arkansas, and they're getting killed early. You know, they didn't have a lot of good starts. And if you're a team that has a chance of playing from behind a lot. You need a good start to give yourself momentum and at least hold on to a lead. So I agree. I think that first quarter is going to be huge for that game and how it ends up turning out for sure. Alrighty, we are going to continue with Eddie Hers in just a second. We're going to take a quick break to hear from our sponsor, but I'll be back with Eddie in just a flash. It's time to take a second and acknowledge Breckenridge Brewery, the official beer of BSN Denver. Breckenridge is the original Colorado beer established in 1990 in Breckenridge, Colorado. You've probably heard of their delicious vanilla porter, their oatmeal stout, and most people's personal favorite, the world-famous Avalanche, which is their classic American amber ale. 
but they just released a new beer called Strawberry Sky that you guys are going to love. For you beer enthusiasts out there, they are calling this a light-hearted Kolsch ale. But for those of you that have no idea what that means, this is that light, delicious summer beer that you've been looking for. So look for Strawberry Sky at your local liquor store or any other Breckenridge beer. And make sure you also look out for the Breckenridge event calendar on bsndenver.com. We just launched it, and you'll be able to see all of the events we have planned where we'll be drinking Breck beers at all of them. So RSVP and have a good time. Welcome back to the BSN Rams podcast presented by Canyon Bakehouse. I am here with Eddie Herz. We are recording from the basement of Canvas Stadium. <laughs> CSU is holding its last morning practice of fall camp. They're going to transition to the afternoon here in the coming days. As I talked a little bit yesterday, talked about a little bit yesterday, they are, you know, they're just trying to get ready and get closer to game simulation. They held their scrimmage last Friday late at night to simulate the 8 p.m. kickoff time with CU. A lot of their games are going to be in the afternoon, so it makes sense that they're going to start practicing in the afternoon. But one of the things I wanted to talk about with Eddie before I let him go and work on his own content uh, instead of, you know, stealing him for mine (laughs) are the transfers. And we're actually going to talk to them for the first time today. All the media is pretty excited. Uh, Some of these kids have looked like real dudes out there. What are your thoughts on CSU's transfers defensively and the kind of impact that they can make for the Rams? I'm definitely very excited about them. I think everyone should be. I mean, Jalen Bates has speed. He's got athleticism. He's got size. He's going to be huge off that edge, and I really think he's going to play a big role for them. Tron Folsom as well. I mean, that's a kid who transfers from Troy. I've really been watching him for a while just because the linebacker situation, they needed to fill so many holes. He's a second-team all-sum belt kid two years in a row, what combines for like 160 tackles those two years. I think it's also a good thing that – Going into camp, I was thinking they were going to need Tron to get 100 tackles more than I do now because, you know, I like how Daquan Jackson looks. I like how Cameron Carter looks. You know, honestly, the linebacker situation has panned out more than I thought it would in only a few weeks, but I still think it's going to be exciting to have a guy with experience in that mix. And as for Bates and Tron in general, it seems like every teammate thought at first they were going to need some time to kind of get used to the altitude, get used to the plays and everything. Obviously, you're transferring, and I think they've picked it up very quickly. They've played good in both scrimmages. I know Bates and one of them had like four tackles for loss or something like that, two sacks, but they're going to play big roles. I mean, they need experience on defense and beyond experience. Those are two talented kids. I mean, Jalen Bates worked his ass off, excuse me, at Arizona State to have a breakout season last year. So he comes to Colorado State after that probably very confident in himself, and He's going to be going up against a lot of mid-major teams compared to the Pac-12. So, you know, I like how it looks for both of those kids. I like that you brought up the linebackers because they are still raw, but the talent is there. You can see it. They've, they've got good size. They they swarm the football. They're, they're playing physical, which is what, you know, you want to see out of your linebackers. I am slightly concerned that, you know, once the speed of a real game comes around, you're not going against an offense where you know the sets and you're so familiar. Mm-hmm. Just the speed of sheer speed of football will catch up to them a little bit. And I think there's going to be some learning curve, especially, you know, at the beginning in the, in the first couple of conference games. But that defensive line really can be a strong suit for mm-hmm. CSU this year. You mentioned Jalen Bates and what, how he can get off after the quarterback. You add him with Toby McBride, who looks just as good before he went away about 18 months ago. You got Emmanuel Jones, Ellison Hubbard, 
Devin Phillips, who yeah. was an absolute stud at the end of last season. Yeah. This is a defensive line with pretty good size, mm-hmm. pretty good depth for the Mountain West. Uh, but CSU also added a couple of transfers in the secondary. They got Andre Neal out of the College of San Mateo and um, Marshawn Cameron, Cameron yeah. from Northern Colorado. Do you see either one of those guys working their way into the mix in the secondary? That's interesting. There's definitely been more talk about Neal than Cameron, and I kind of had a feeling it would go that way. They, they both are good. I mean, Cameron had a good season at UNC. It's interesting. I mean, there's still a lot of question marks in the secondary. There's so many dudes who can play a role, but so many dudes who aren't solidified beside Rashad Ajayi. Um, yeah, it's interesting. I think a lot of that will have to do with how much Crosley and Keevan Bailey get involved in the secondary. If they, you know, they've looked good in camp, if they're going to get those early roles, that can definitely take some reps away from guys like Neal and Cameron. I don't really, I mean, Cameron's coming off a pretty bad injury. I think it was his knee, maybe ACL at the beginning of last year. I think that's probably held him back. We haven't heard a lot about him. But, I mean, Bobo and Jancic seemed like Andre Neal. I probably would see him playing a role if one of the two. But, yeah, all the transfers have really looked good. They've done well there so far. I think it's good. I mean, CSU, they needed to get bigger. They needed to get more physical. They needed more speed. Uh, Coach Joey G, as we said earlier, I'm not even going to attempt that last name. He has been a really positive influence on the program as a whole. But with these transfers, it's just positive that CSU, it's a positive sign, I should say, that CSU was able to go out and get guys that are going to be able to seemingly make an immediate impact because that's what you need out of JUCO transfers, out of graduate transfers. If you're not adding guys that can make an immediate impact, you're just wasting roster space. Mm -hmm. And I think Jalen Bates and Tron Folsom are going to have big years. At this point, I feel pretty confident in saying Andre Neal will likely start uh, opposite of Rashad Ajayi as the team's number two corner. When they go into their nickel and some of their their dime packages and stuff like that, you might see guys switch around, stuff like that. There's just, there's like Eddie said, there are a lot of young players that have potential to make an impact for this team, but Andre Neal's a veteran. He got a ton of playing time at the College of San Mateo. He was kind of the, the lockdown dude in their secondary, so CSU is hoping to get more out of him. Uh, I appreciate Eddie taking so much time to come and, and talk with us about football. As I said, we're going to try and have him on pretty frequently throughout the season. It's fun for me to just have a buddy on here to chat with. I don't have to listen to my own voice for, you know, 40 minutes. It's just nice to let somebody else drive the car a little bit. Uh, Make sure you follow Eddie on Twitter at Eddie underscore hers. Check out Inside the Rams so you can keep up with him and all his recruiting work. Eddie, you working on anything big that the fans should keep their eye out? Nothing major right now. Obviously, the camp coverage, too, just put up a story on Warren Jackson. I'll do a little thing on the transfers because we're talking on them today, like you said. Um, I'll have something up later today on CSU's primary 2020 recruiting targets. The kids listed as warm on 24-7. You know, through sources and talking to these kids, there are some pretty crucial updates. So, yeah, definitely stay on that. Check me out on Twitter. Check me out on the site, like Justin said. And you can stay up to date with all CSU recruiting football and basketball. All right. Thank you again to Eddie for coming on. Eddie is the recruiting guru. I don't know how he keeps up with all of it, but, you know, somebody's got to do it. Not all heroes wear capes. We are going to take one more break, but when we come back, I'm going to wrap things up and get you some audio from today. Rams football is back. The wait is over. It's time for fall camp, and we're giving you the best deal that we've run since we went to the free t-shirt format with subscriptions, but it won't last long. Here's the deal. If you use the code GORAMS, you will get our annual package for $34.99. 
which not only is a $10 discount off our current annual package, but it comes out to $2.91 per month, which is almost 50% off our standard monthly price. But it's not just about the discount. You're also getting a free premium Rams t-shirt, which is a $27 value. You get to have your comments read on this podcast. You get all of our exclusive content on bsndenver.com. And if you don't like reading, but you want the inside details, subscribers get all of our Broncos written stories in audio form, meaning we read all of our written content to you. And then, of course, there's our film reviews, game grades, and just being part of the BSN Rams community. So go to bsndenver.com or download the app and use the promo code GORAMS, all one word, to join the family today. All right, guys, we're going to wrap things up with today's podcast. Thank you again to Eddie Herz of Inside the Rams for joining me. As I teased before the break, we are going to conclude today's show with just a little bit of audio from defensive end Jalen Bates. Jalen transferred to CSU from Arizona State. It's going to be his final season. He's really looking forward to being a part of the program. We got to talk to him today for the first time. Uh, it was a group interview, so I'm, I'm sure that you're going to hear a lot of his and Tron's answers, you know, from me and Kelly and Kevin and Colin and all those guys, but it was nice to get a chance to talk to him. It's always a little frustrating when you can't talk to, like, veteran transfers because technically Mike Bobo's rule is players in the first year in their program aren't allowed to talk to the media, so every now and then that ends up meaning we don't get to talk to, like, grad transfers the entire season and it's super annoying but he seems to have loosened up on that in part I think to CSU's new SID Kyle Neebs who's been great to all of us so far but yeah thanks for listening to today's show I'm gonna leave you just with a clip of Jalen Bates talking about the Rocky Mountain showdown and why he actually is taking a little bit of a chip on his shoulder into that game due to his relationship with the Buffs from when he was at Arizona State. I thought it was kind of interesting, and I think it's a fun clip to get everybody a little bit hyped for the Rocky Mountain Showdown. Well, well, I mean, um, one, I mean, I was in high school. I heard about it in high school, so I knew um, that um, that game was really important for the culture here, one. And two, I mean, last year Colorado beat us Arizona State, and it was a heartbreaker for me, um, me personally. I mean, I cried real tears after that game, so I mean, I mean, it's personal for me, but I know it's a lot more personal for these guys here to go over there, man, and win that game. So, I mean, I'm taking it really personal. I've been working my ass off and trying to get, I mean, excuse my language, but I've been working really hard to try to get to, I mean, to the point where I can make a big impact and be able to lead these guys and help these guys win that game. I know it's so important for us, so. Does it resonate more when you have someone like Max McDonald's, who's a hometown kid? Oh, yeah. I've never beat this team. Uh Yeah, 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 it does. I mean, it almost brought tears to my eyes whenever he first um, brought it up to us because it was the hot seat. I mean, it's um, a personal thing we do, I mean, with the team. But, I mean, he told us that, man, almost brought tears to my eyes. Like, man, we have to win this game. It's a have-to-win game. I feel like we really could win this game because I played against that team. So I know that we're really talented on defense, really talented on offense, and we can do it. So.